We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner, and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. When you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like in Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, they got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. Hey, let's go. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And before we dive into the 49ers 30-23 victory over the Rams at SoFi Stadium, we need to tell you about our friends at Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. SGLambChops is the Instagram handle. Candlestick20 is the promo code you can use at sglambchops.com to get 20% off your order. Chris has got the website up right now on the video. They've got hoodies. They've got shorts. They've got chains with the cool Cleaver logo on it. It's all high quality. It's all comfortable. It's all season. Like I'm looking right now. Joggers, hoodies, shorts. What else do you need in your life? Nothing. A lot of great stuff on sale right now, too. Yeah, ton of good sales going on. Get to sglambchops.com right now. Join the herd. Use code candlestick20 for 20% off your order. Oh, a bucket hat. Let's go. Get yourself a bucket hat. Candlestick20. Have you seen these clownfish cleaver shorts before? Uh, No. Wow. Those are amazing. Rainbow clownfish cleaver shorts. Get yourself a pair. They're like half off right now. More than half off. (laughs) Use code Candlestick20 for 20% off your order today at sglambchops.com. 
Candlestick Chronicles is also sponsored by Cooper's Brewing. Cooper'sBrewing.com is the website. You can go to that site, click on beers, go to order now. You can get yourself a case of Candlestick Chronicles shipped directly to your door. They package it up real nice. It drops on your doorstep. You sign for it, and you have a case of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA at your front door. It is the single best way to acquire beer. And Chris, I can't wait for our event on the 23rd to pick up some new batch of Candlestick Chronicles Hazy. We're inside of a week. We have some special guests that hopefully we're going to be able to announce in the coming days. It's going to be a lot of fun. The events have been fun in the past. If you've gone to the last two, um, obviously Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA, I will put it up against anything. It is yeah. not It is not just a gimmicky beer with, with our logo on it and a cool can. It's legitimately delicious, particularly if you love Hazy's. But everything at Cooper's is good. Uh, you can get a Wookiee of the Year 4-pack, a Juicy IPA. You, can you got any non-IPAs in there? You can get a Cultivating Mass 2018 World Beer Cup Gold Medal Imperial Stout. Um, mm. They have they have pale ales. They have oatmeal stout. They have a wheat ale with apricots, mellow sunshine, strawberry, watermelon, and mint sparkle pants hard seltzer. I'm going to drink one of those at the event. If you're into hard seltzers. I might drink that, 10 of those at the event. That, that sounds might, delicious. That might be a, a late night. A late night thing um, after... after <laughs> After Can't the wait. Occasional beer After the festivities. Um, oh, yep. There's the there's the Kurt the, Bobblehead. Double bird. We have a uh, that's a Kurt Bobblehead. We may or may not have one here as well. Um, shout out to Kurt. Shout out to Tyler. Shout out to Cal. Shout out to everyone at Cooperage. Let's shout uh, out to Joseph in the chat who had a Candlestick Chronicles on tap yesterday. Oh, that's probably that. why the Niners won today, Joseph, because you had a Candlestick Chronicles <laughs> on tap. Candlestick <laughs> Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from CooperageBrewing.com. Visit cooperagebrewing.com right now, order yourself some beer, and then come to our event on September 23rd at the brewery in Santa Rosa. 7 p.m. is the start time, but we'll be there a little early, shooting the shooting the shit, drinking some beer, and we're going to talk some football and drink some beer. It's going to be a great time. See you there. It's be great. All right, let's talk about the 49ers win over the Rams. Here we go. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. 49ers 30, Rams 23, death taxes, the Niners beating LA in the regular season. Nine consecutive victories over the Rams in the regular season for San Francisco. And 12 consecutive victories overall, just very quietly, the second longest winning streak in franchise history. That's pretty wild, but definitely not the way I thought this game was going to go, Chris. No, not at all. I think the Rams were a lot better than than I anticipated. I sort of looked at last week, and I said it during the week, watching the Seahawks-Rams game, I just thought the Seahawks were awful. And I, I think I sort of undervalued what Sean McVay brings to the table um, I thought for the first half, Sean McVay was eating Steve Wilkes lunch today. Yeah, um, I agree. I thought that it was just it, it, it. Matt Stafford was getting anything he wanted because the 49ers looked like they were so scared of getting beat over the top that all of the just stop routes and the curl routes were there um, because the 49ers were playing in off coverage and it allowed Stafford to get the ball out of his hand really quickly, which just negated the 49ers pass rush for the most part. 
Yep. Um, and then in the second half, we could we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later. But in the second half, the Niners dialed up a lot more blitzes, starting to make started to make some plays defensively. They they allowed 17 points on three Rams possessions in the first half, and then six points on seven possessions in the second, which just sort of speaks Jeez. to um, the defensive adjustments that they made. But um, you know, offensively, I thought it was like a B minus C plus performance and they still scored 30 points. Yeah. Right. Brock Purdy was probably C plus Brock Purdy. Like he did fine. Like when, when the best thing you do is not turn the ball over. Yeah. In a game. That's like, it's, that's not really like ideal, but I I do think like, obviously there were some throws he should have made. He had Debo wide open on a deep pass. That felt a lot like Jimmy Garoppolo missing Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um. He missed Juwan Jennings. He missed Brandon Ayuk earlier in the game. Um. But overall, I thought Purdy was mostly fine. Mm-hmm. Um. Seventeen to twenty-five, two hundred and six yards, no touchdowns, but no picks. Like that's really the difference when you got a C plus Jimmy Garoppolo game. Yeah. It was. It included a pick or two, or like a lot of interceptable passes. Yeah. It didn't seem like Purdy, even though he, he definitely could have played a cleaner game. He wasn't putting the ball in harm's way. It didn't right. feel like man. The, the 49ers are like really towing that line on on making a huge mistake offensively and letting the Rams back in it. It was just kind of like, all right, Purdy's kind of doing his thing. If he, you know, if he hits a couple of those throws and instead of 30 to 23, it's like, you know, we're talking 40, 44 points. Right. right? And then it's like a real blowout. So there's a pretty thin line between 30 points and 44. Right. <laughs> potentially. Right. So um, I do think. Like, I'm not coming away with really any questions about Brock Purdy. Um, I do think we were due at some point for a less than awesome Purdy performance because he Mm -hmm. has been so solid for the 49ers for so long, or at least not so long, but since he's become the starting quarterback late last year. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, they're not going to go undefeated with Brock Purdy. So what's it look like when they lose? And today was sort of the closest it's felt like, at least through the first, I don't know, two and a half quarters. It was like, man, maybe mm-hmm. maybe they do lose this game. But um, the defense stiffened up. They they scored the points that they needed. They got the turnovers that they needed in the second half. And you know, it, it should have been it should have been a ten point win. Um, but that was Sean weird, weird decided, time management at the end, just decided to go for the, the all-time cover at the end. Just, just like really sticking there's, in the eye of 49ers fans, a number of whom probably bet on the game in attendance. There's SoFi. Ne- there's never a more united Twitter than backdoor cover Twitter. When a team backdoor covers like that, it is a full-blown meltdown. And this one was particularly bad because the li- lines closed, for the most part, at the Niners favored by 7.5, which meant if the Rams won by... Or if the 49ers won by 7, then according to the sports book, they lost with right. the point spread. So for, for the Rams to kick the field goal to cut the lead from 10 to 7 as time expired was an all-time backdoor cover. I honestly respect the shit out of Sean McVay for doing it. <laughs> Good teams win, great teams cover, and you love to see that for for him. <laughs> I was I, I, I was impressed, honestly, I that, that was one of the more impressive Sean McVay games I think I can remember, just from like purely a schematic mm-hmm. standpoint. Yeah, there were guys open all the time. The entire time. And I don't even yeah. think like I you know, the Niners obviously could have gotten more push up front and they could have been stickier in coverage, but like based on the play calls it seemed like 
it seemed like McVeigh was just like, no, we're just going to take what the defense is giving us. Right. And the 49ers were giving it to him until they started blitzing more in the second half and sort of forcing Stafford's hand a little bit. Yeah. And Um, they got tighter in coverage too. Yeah. I thought McVeigh had a really good, yeah, he had, I thought McVeigh had a really good plan um, until the 49ers adjusted. And I mean, just given like Puka Nakua 15 catches, 147 yards. Like if if, if, that's insane, dude, if that was, Cooper Cup in a number 10 jersey, 15 catches, 147 yards. You'd be like, yeah, kind of par for the course. But it was right. Puka Nakua. <laughs> right. Who knows? 25 catches in his first two games as a pro. And, like, obviously he was good, but it didn't feel like, oh, man, this guy's a stud. He's so hard to stop. It's just like, no, he's just running the right routes against the right coverages. And he's very – and, he's yeah, he's just rock solid. He's just yeah. open all the time. Yeah. You could tell at the end of the game, though, it was wearing on him. My man was hurting. Yeah, you get tackled 15 times by an NFL defense in a game. That's yeah, and and it was more no than fun. that because he got hit on a couple of balls that, that weren't complete. Right. Now, I think I think just on the Brock Purdy bad throws portion of this, I think the only question is, and I think the reason that it even comes up because if Patrick Mahomes does that, nobody even talks about it. It doesn't even. Oh man, Patrick Mahomes missed those throws. But I think that's the question with Purdy is like, man, can they start stretching out their passing game like that and really start hitting teams over the top? And one game doesn't define whether he can or cannot do that. that that's, that'd be silly. But I think that's why there's even a focus on it is because, yeah. okay, one of the ways he can be different than Jimmy Garoppolo is he can push the ball down the field. And the willingness to do it is check, is is benchmark number one. Very willing to push the ball down the field. But now you got to start completing them. And if he starts doing that, then I really don't know what the answer is for the Niners offense because like you said, he was he was not great today and they still put up 30. It never felt like, oh man, their offense just isn't moving the ball. Yeah, he was he was still relatively efficient. I thought he had some really good throws. He had a throw in the first quarter to Brandon Ayuk that oh, over the that, middle that was, that, dot, that was yeah, that was really good. Um the jump ball to Juwan Jennings, I thought was a really nice throw. Uh, he had a third down conversion, I believe, to Juwan Jennings. That was similar to the play that he missed um, deep over the middle where he sort of did the thing where he's, he recognizes that there's somebody coming to hit him and he slides a little bit to his left and then yep. hits Jennings down the middle of the field. Like he does some he still does some high level things. It's just like I do like those those long throws stand out as pretty big misses because they're, you know, they're touchdowns. But if right. he does that. If if he completes those passes and it's like oh man he's so good he's, he's right he's like tr- his trajectory is like super high he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league if he continues to do that he misses a couple and it's like uh you know like it's just such a thin line between like this guy's elite or like we still have questions right you know there's and that's, no that's and that's fine like it's not the end of the world but that's why we judge him based on his entire body of work right so. Yeah. Yeah, you'll I, take you'll take you'll take a game like that, and and I mean you you hit the nail on the head earlier. It was a B minus C plus game, and he didn't turn it over. Yeah, and he hasn't turned it over through the first two games. You win by seven that. points on the road in a yeah. C minus or B minus C plus performance. Like you'll you'll take that hundred percent most times. I'm right there. Yeah, and then. I mean, if, I if thought, he plays like that in the NFC Championship game, then that's right. like a different thing. 
Right, you have a little bit of a problem, for sure. Yeah. Now, I also liked what Shanahan did at the end of the half with with a second left going for it from inside the one instead of trying to take the points. Knowing that the Rams were getting the ball back to start the second half, knowing that your defense hasn't gotten a stop all game, the difference between three and zero there is very minimal. So just try and take the seven to tie the game. And if yeah. you don't, then, like I said, being, being what what would that, what did that make it? For? 17, 17, 17. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're down 17, 13 versus 17, 10, there's no difference. The so. play before um, the touchdown, I thought they could have run the sneaker. I thought they were going to run a quarterback draw. Me too. I think he was out. He was in shotgun and it was a play that he threw it away to Christian McCaffrey. And I thought Mark Sanchez made a good point. That like if you if you're throwing that away, dirt it, like throw it right at Christian McCaffrey's yes. feet because that gives you more time. But because he threw it high, uh that, that obviously takes longer to, to actually happen. Yeah. Um, but the Niners were fortunate to have one second left. And and I thought it was definitely smart to go score because the quarterback sneak for this team just always works. It seems to. Yeah. Like J- Jimmy Garoppolo got a lot of credit for it working. Maybe I, I mean I don't know. Do you, when's the last time the 49ers didn't didn't convert a, a quarterback sneak? Do you remember any? I feel like it happened with Brock. Okay. Like really shortly after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Because somebody was like, oh, underrated aspect of right. Garoppolo's game was the sneak and it showed there or something like that. I don't know. But it doesn't like stand out as glaring. Yeah. Yeah. No, bit big picture, I mean you know, the defense was good in the second half, but I think overall, like, I think Brock Purdy's performance is sort of emblematic of the whole teams. Like, probably a B-minus game, but you still score 30 points. You still win by seven points on the road in the in the division. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'll, you'll, take, you'll take anyone you can get in the NFL, obviously. But that one in particular, like, okay. Second straight road game. Now you come home. Now it's a short week. I, I'm curious to see... Uh, I obviously didn't watch the, the Giants Cardinals game, but the Giants came back. I think they were down twenty one nothing. But mm-hmm. I am curious to see what the 49ers look like on Thursday at home. I think being at home will give them a little bit of juice, obviously, but coming a short week off two straight road games. I know it's just a trip to LA, but you're still getting on a plane. You still you still mm-hmm. flew down there. You stay in a hotel Saturday night. Um mm-hmm. they're probably getting back to the Bay Area pretty soon here, I would guess. But um, I'm just curious to see what they look like. Like, and I think that that's a mm-hmm. good segue to talk about Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. I just thought he looked gas today for, yeah, for a lot a, of like, the game. Yeah, he was. It felt like they cut to him on the sideline a lot, like on a knee, drinking water. Yeah, and, and that's 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 nice that he didn't have the snap restriction. And last week, he he talked about it in a in a pregame interview with with Howie Long on on, on Fox how the five straight three and outs to start the game, let him kind of get into a groove and yeah, he's on the field for three snaps and he gets to go sit down for a while. Whereas today he was on the field for a bunch of snaps and then got to sit down and there was a bunch more snaps. And I think those start to stack and all of a sudden, okay, physically he's fine. He can take a hit and he can, he can hit somebody, but you could tell he was winded. Yeah. And I saw some tweets um, about what he said post game that, you know, he's, the way he talked about it, I think was was like, yeah, I feel I feel good, but I think he indicated he's he's very much not like in actual game shape. He's getting he's getting to that 
to that place where he needs to be from a conditioning perspective. Mm-hmm. But that was always the thing with the holdout, right? It's like, yeah, obviously Nick Bosa is not going to like get fat and come in looking like Aaron Lynch. Mm-hmm. But like there's there's a difference between participating in training camp and going through all those padded practices and just doing whatever he was doing, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Florida. Then and that's not to like denigrate anything he did. I'm sure he has an amazing workout program but it's just not the same as like playing football against trent williams for right. a month you know right. what i mean <laughs> iron sharpens iron that's what they say that is <laughs> that's what they say um no but that was that was the concern right was okay even if he's healthy it's gonna take him a while to just get his football legs under him yeah like there's a reason training camp is a month long and there's a whole offseason program before that Right. Yeah. So what what was his stat line defensively? He had like he had some pressures, but it was just it didn't feel like like when Nick Bose, I mean he still had three quarterback hits in a in a TFL. So it's not <laughs> it's not like he was awful, but like when Nick Bosa is is peak Nick Bosa, right. he's like dominating the game. There and were like, points you forgot he was on the field today. Yeah. And it, and it's just, you know, like when the Rams are going hurry up and it's like three step drop balls out, three step drop balls out. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, 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 there were just fewer instances for him to like really blow up a play because there are instances when he's playing well and in really good shape midseason. And like he does blow up a play that like a two step drop that's designed to get the ball out quickly. Like he is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's. I think this is sort of what what happens when you hold out and like, look, he got his money. I will, I would never criticize Nick Bosa for getting his money, but in terms of like evaluating how he's playing, I think it definitely um, it definitely looks like the holdout has had an effect on how he's played. Yeah, probably more today than than last week, just because as you mentioned, he did have all those three and outs that mm-hmm. you know he's just able to get off the field and get some rest, but like. When the Rams are putting together some of those long drives, that tested Nick Bosa in a way that he wasn't tested really all last week. Yeah, and if you're the Niners, that's obviously not optimal, but you had to know it was coming a little bit after the holdout. And to be 2-0 and through his first two games where, you know, he hasn't been super effective, but defensively, for the most part, saved the first half today, been fine, then I think you'll probably take that. Yeah. And things could definitely could definitely be worse. So it'll be interesting to see for sure what he likes looks like on the short turnaround. Speaking of of playing time for for star players, uh, our guy Ernesto in the chat brings up um, this, which I wanted to talk about was Christian McCaffrey running the ball late in the game. I saw Brian Peacock from Lockdown 49ers also bring this up, and I think that was a it was a legitimate gripe of mine after the Steelers game because that game was put away relatively early in the fourth quarter and Christian McCaffrey got a lot of just really tough between the tackles salt the game away carries that I thought probably could have gone to Elijah Mitchell or but, even Jordan Mason or Jordan Mason just <laughs> any anybody who was not Christian McCaffrey right but today that game was still close enough that anything weird could have swung it and you trust Christian McCaffrey in that spot. And the reason he's your number one back is because you do trust him in that spot. Whereas Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason, you may not. And so they had to lean on their dudes today. 
because I don't think at any point it was really like, oh, they're just trying to run out the clock. It was legitimately like trying to get first downs and yeah, trying to run out the clock a little bit, but not a point where you could have confidently gone to to Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason. At least that's my thought. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, it's one thing if the game is completely out of hand and there's really no reason to be playing the guy. But to your point, like they they needed McCaffrey in there in that moment. And like winning these games is really important. Like the, I yeah. think that's that's ultimately the theme for at least like the first couple months of the season in comparison to the last two years when the Niners started out slow. There's a lot of urgency to win these games because it's a hell of a lot easier to get to the Super Bowl when you're the number one seed. Yep. And teams have to come into your building to win the NFC championship game, as we saw in 2019 versus the other playoff runs the 49ers have had where they haven't yep. gotten to the Super Bowl because they've had to go on the road. Um, yeah. So, like, yeah, do you do you ideally want to keep Christian McCaffrey in bubble wrap until the playoffs? Sure. But like mm-hmm. he's getting paid a good amount of money. Um, you know, I know he's had injury issues in the past, but like. You watch, you know, I watch Christian McCaffrey on the field in training camp and, and during the offseason program. Like, dude is like practices hard and is in phenomenal shape. And just like if you don't know anything about like his injury history, you just watch him. You're just like, oh, yeah, I don't worry about that dude physically. Mm-hmm. Not he at just all. looks like mm-hmm. a dude. You're like, oh, that guy, like just just the way he moves. You're like, he's not going to take any false steps and hurt himself. You know, I don't know. I it, this is just it's oh just boy. like a weird eye test thing, but like he just looks like a dude like, yeah, I trust that that dude's going to be healthy. And I'm not saying that he's immune to injuries by any means. I'm just saying like you're paying him a lot of money. He's one of your my, most dynamic players on the field. You have to win these games. You mm-hmm. would much rather have to give Christian McCaffrey a handful of touches and come away with a win than have it get precarious like it did in week right. 1 in Detroit 2 years ago. Here's here's exactly what happens here. If Christian McCaffrey today had twisted his ankle with three and a half minutes left or whatever, it would have been like, oh man, tough injury luck. If they had had Elijah Mitchell running the ball and he fumbled and the Rams returned it for a touchdown, then it's, hey, why the hell did you trade all that and pay Christian McCaffrey all that money if you're not going to use him in these spots? And I think that tells it now. I think that probably is not the case for last week, which is why I feel differently about last week's game with McCaffrey carrying the ball late versus this one. Yeah. I think there's a pretty distinct difference between 30 to 10 late and 30 to 20 late. Yeah. So I, I would agree. I don't have a problem with that. it. Um, like I said, you have to win these games. And at some point, like, I think there's a bigger question overall. Like, can you get Elijah Mitchell in the game more? Like, can yeah, you... he, I didn't did he didn't take a snap today, right? I don't think he did. He definitely didn't Oof. get a carry. Um, like the only guys to, to run the ball today are McCaffrey, who had 116 yards on 20 carries. Debo had five runs for 38 yards. Um, and then Purdy had three runs, basically scrambles aside from the quarterback sneak. Um, but like Elijah Mitchell only had 10 yards on five carries in week one. Mm-hmm. And you would love, obviously. Like when the 49ers were really going last year, Elijah Mitchell was playing pretty well when he came back up from the injury. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like he was, it was great in week one with him in particular. I know it was a very limited sample size and the Steelers are probably overplaying the run, mm-hmm. but like it wasn't, you know, five carries, 10 yards. It wasn't like, okay, we, we got to get that guy 
in the sure. game week two. Sure. But I think going forward, you would definitely love to have like a 75-25 split yeah. between those two in terms of carries and touches because Elijah Mitchell's talented enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and long-term, that would probably be better in terms of like limiting the amount of damage Christian McCaffrey's body takes going into the playoffs. But when it's like the fourth quarter of a close game, I'm not like, no, you got to take one of your best players out. Yeah, you, yeah. No, I would, my my qui- my my quibble would be like, let's get Elijah Mitchell some carries in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, just mix it up. Yeah. I do, I do wonder though if the 49ers offense is so McCaffrey based now that when you put Mitchell in, it just dramatically changes what they're doing. Yeah, and it like and it's it such a it's it's just such a stark shift for them. Well, it it might have been too that like with Brandon Ayuk dealing with a shoulder injury. And Debo Samuel, after mm. some of his plays having to come out, like you want one of those three guys out there, including mm-hmm. McCaffrey, right? Like you just you you want your dynamic playmakers on the field, at least one of them. Right. So if you have a play where oh, Brandon Ayuk has to sit a couple snaps because his shoulder's hurting, uh, Debo took a big hit on a run and he has to sit out. If you're you know, if it's Elijah Mitchell, Ronnie Bell, and Ray Ray McLeod, that's that's a lot different skill set on the field than when you have McCaffrey, Debo, and, and Ayuk, obviously. So like yeah. you're you're making a pretty big sacrifice if you're like, well, we want to we definitely want to keep Christian McCaffrey from getting from taking too many hits, but at the same time, you don't when you need to score points mm-hmm. or you need to extend a drive, you don't want to have your backup running back and your two backup receivers out there at the same time. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. Can we jump over to the other side of the ball real quick and talk about Isaiah Oliver? Man, great game for him. Really nice game for him. He missed a tackle early on. So Ambry Thomas was the nickel corner to start the game. Well, he was outside, I think, when Norris was playing. Outside. Right, right. You're right. He was on the field to start the game. And he just got torched. The Rams were going at him every single time Stafford was dropping back. Oliver came in for the next series. Immediately missed a tackle on a play where Kyron Williams like caught the ball while he was on the ground and he shed Oliver's tackle while he was standing up. And I legitimately at that point was like, why is, why is Isaiah Oliver playing? (laughs) (laughs) He's supposed to be the big nickel, right? Which means you go tackle a running back when he's literally getting up off the ground. But after that, he goes in, he has the interception on the tip ball, which is a really nice, which was a really nice grab. He had the, uh, the the fourth down stop that just kind of sealed the game. I, I thought after after that missed tackle, I thought he was really, really good for for the rest of that game. And for me moving forward, I think you just play him in the slot with Lenore outside and Thomas is a is a reserve. I thought he had the three biggest defensive plays of the game. Yeah. He had the tackle in the open field. I think it was on Kyron Williams on the Oh, that's play, right. The third down stop. On a yeah. third down stop. That's right. Um, and he had he made the interception, which like obviously, you know, Williams tipped it up in the air, but to to haul it in with one hand, still like a pretty pretty impressive interception. Yeah. And then the fourth down stop was like one of the rare instances where I was like, man, Steve Wilkes has the perfect call against yeah. something mm-hmm. that the Rams are doing. That was a perfect call. Sending a blitz in that gap was the absolute perfect call on that fourth down play, and, and Oliver made the tackle behind the line of scrimmage to help seal it. Yep. Um, I thought like Fred Warner's sack was obviously big. Um, mm-hmm. Lenore's interception was obviously Pause. big. 
the the sack of Matthew Stafford on third down. <laughs> he also he also had a pressure to force a throwaway after the yeah. after the intentional grounding. But like three of the defense's five best plays, I would say, mm-hmm. off the top of my head right now, were Isaiah Oliver plays. Yeah. Yeah. To good. me, to me, you play him in the slot moving forward until you need otherwise. I know they said they're gonna adjust it based on matchups and this and that. Like you just put that guy in. Yeah. And if it doesn't wind up working out, then you make an adjustment then. But he was just flat out better today than Ambry Thomas. And Lenore had an interception playing outside. Yeah, and Thomas is banged up dealing with a knee injury. Yeah. So that's probably something. I don't know. It feels like they've been sort of experimenting since like the middle of August, really. Yeah. It feels like, speaking of injuries, it feels like the Niners really lucked out with Brandon Ayuk. Kyle Shanahan said after the game that he didn't expect it to be any kind of serious issue, just knowing that he came back into the game. But man, when he first went down, like it just looked kind of awkward the way he dove and then got landed on. And then when you see a football player roll over, grabbing at their collarbone, right? that's just typically not good. But he did keep playing, and Shanahan, after the game, didn't sound super concerned. Yeah. And Ayuk, I think, is is like pretty tough for a receiver. Right? Like, there, there are some receivers who, like, just aren't, aren't as physically tough. Like, I don't... I've never felt like Brandon Ayuk is ever scared to take a hit or scared to go over the middle. Yeah, no. Um, no, no. And he's certainly he not. He's ready to, to box block. Fred Warner. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's true. Um, so yeah, like if he if he's hurt, he's one of those dudes where I like really believe it that he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has equity in that department, unlike some other players, namely I don't know maybe the kicker. Stop! But... Stop! <laughs> Jesus um no i Good i just Lord. i yeah they, i i mean the thing with Ayuk potentially being hurt and we talked about it at the time of the mccaffrey trade mm-hmm. this is why you have so many guys mm-hmm. because like obviously when you have everybody healthy it you're super difficult to defend but when you miss one then it's like all right it's a lot easier to absorb a brandon Ayuk injury when you have christian mccaffrey and when you have debo samuel and george kittle than like than when you don't. Right. Just having more like, good players is better than having less good players. It's I've always a, said that. It's an underrated part of like, like, you know, people's and, and I think I did this too. Like, even when the rumors came out that like, oh, the 49ers are interested in trading for Christian McCaffrey. I was like, why? They don't doesn't feel like they need Christian McCaffrey. Like they have a lot of dudes. It's like, well, it, in the NFL, there's a chance you're gonna be missing a dude mm-hmm. or two. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have more dudes. And he just changes the entire complexion of their offense. As good as as good as Elijah Mitchell is, McCaffrey is just straight up an excellent running back. I was talking with at, at ESPN thirteen twenty. I was talking with with Kenny Caraway the other day, and he brought up. He goes, "I feel like Christian McCaffrey doesn't get talked about enough as a runner." And it sounds funny off the top because everybody is like Christian McCaffrey is a consensus top two or three running back in the league. But I think so much is made of his versatility that just in a vacuum as a runner, he is outstanding. And I think you see that. I feel like he creates a lot of yards in in this offense that other players would not have. Based on my non-professional or I guess amateur lip reading skills, I think he's a good trash talker too. Yeah. He told (laughs) Akella Witherspoon to shut your bitch ass up. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) If somebody, if somebody, 
steamrolls me like that and like stiff arms me as we're going to the ground the last thing i'm going to do is say anything obviously and that's mostly because i would be afraid somebody would say shut your bitch ass up and i would have to in that moment i'm gonna wait (laughs) i uh i'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this um i think members 49ers agree with him (laughs) i was gonna say i think members of the 49ers organization would find it pretty rich that akella witherspoon would be talking smack to christian mccaffrey after a 50-yard run is how i would phrase that okay (laughs) fair (laughs) but shout out to shout out to christian brothers sacramento Shout out! Hey, how the, how about those Colorado Buffs, huh? Oh yeah, them too. Yeah. Anyways, maybe they were just Pac-12 trash talking. That yeah, that must have been it. Akello <laughs> took exception, or is like because well, Colorado's going to the Big Ten, right? Right. Nah, they're going to the Big Twelve, I think. Big Twelve. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're going back. Yeah, yeah. So Akello okay. going, you don't want that Big Twelve noise. And Christian going, hey man, ACC, ACC for life, <laughs> <laughs> college realignment shit talking. <laughs> Anyways, great. Um, do you want to go through our prize picks? Stingers up, baby. Let's go. Oh, Sac State beat Stanford. Stingers all the way up, dude. Those Sac are State. Some, those are some wayward stingers right now, man. <laughs> they are pointing are just... north. It's like an M Night Shyamalan movie. Everybody's looking straight up in the air. No, I, <laughs> it was it's super wild that an FCS team was only a seven point road dog. Well, they ended against up an FBS that, team. Yeah, that's I fair. know. Vegas knows. I know. Tough scene for I, well, Troy Taylor, man. You leave really Sac, tough. Yeah. You leave Sac State, you go for the Stanford job, and then take a step backward team. in program. Tough. Really, really tough. It's more of a baseball school, a women's basketball school, anyway. Stanford, <laughs> good for them. So, um, talking mess about like a, a university that produces some of like the highest quality. Oh, I know. Just... Humans and the like, <laughs> like the the people who achieve the most on planet Earth. What's like it talking? Oh, yeah, it's a girls' basketball school. <laughs> What's it? Uh, women's basketball. Come on, man. Women, sorry. Uh, what's i mean they are they're dominant program no but uh shoot what was i gonna say it's about sac state i don't remember doesn't matter Mm. wally llama in our in our youtube chat brings up something that i meant to write down and i'm thankful that he brought this up because i was gonna forget about it drake jackson made a couple of really 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 nice plays today there was yeah go ahead he chased down a screen on a third down early in the game to force a field goal where that might have gone for six. That might have been a touchdown. They showed the replay. I was like, oh, that's a touchdown if he doesn't come in. He was gone. Because there, there was... were blockers in front of, was it Kyron Williams? Yeah. 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 And so he chased him down from behind. And then to be out on a bootleg with a quarterback and knock his pass down is wild. Like, that's really hard to do. So, uh, and then he also, he created a pressure just outrunning the tackle to the corner. He which plays, I thought was which I thought was impressive. He plays really hard. Yeah, I I is, think yeah no I think a, he's good. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. Um, he didn't he didn't have the benefit of going against a quarterback who held on to the ball for too long like he did in week one. And I'm not trying to like throw shade on his three sack performance, but like mm-hmm. there are a couple. 
one or two of them was like Kenny just Kenny Pickett just did not get rid of the ball. Um, yeah. But he he plays hard and like mm-hmm. I I think he I think I also think he's super athletic and that could him developing would be huge for them. If you're an athlete, if you're that type of athlete at his size and with a motor, you're just gonna run into good plays. Whether you're a highly refined pro bowler, maybe not, but you can create a really long, productive career by trying hard and being a great athlete. Anyways, Peter Inman in the YouTube chat he says, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but that Niners win is almost as sweet as draining your first eagle from 170 out on a two hop. Oh, I agree. It was that sweet. I'm so salty. Almost. Yeah. So there it is. Salty. Like the hardest hole at Harding Park. Dude, get get dialed in with the distances on your nine iron. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, shout out to Peter. Hey, y'all. It's Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And I am here to talk to you about prize picks. That's daily fantasy sports, baby. And it has greatly enhanced the way I watch sports. NFL, college football. Once basketball season comes around, baseball. I'm going to be in there doing the daily fantasy sports it's super easy and it's the most fun i've ever had winning up to 25 times my money this football season you just select two or more players pick more or less on their projected stats and then you place your entry it's legitimately that easy and then you watch and you enjoy the game and you watch your winnings stack up last week i thanks to the flex play which allows you i had a four player entry i only got three of them right I had George Pickens more than 26 and a half receiving yards in his first two receptions. That didn't go well for me, although no Steeler really did well against against the 49ers in week one. But I had Dak Prescott more than half a passing yard. Nailed that one. Christian McCaffrey more than half a touchdown rushing, passing, or receiving. Nailed that one. And then I had Debo Samuel more than 49 and a half receiving yards. He had 55. Nailed that one. Thanks to the flex play. I only got three out of four, but I still got a little bit of little bit of a payout. And that's why PrizePix is, is the very best. And that's why you should join me. To do that, go to prizepix.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepix.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, legitimately such a great time. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, y'all. 49ers football is right around the corner and it is more fun to be there live for 49ers football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the 49ers in the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. They have, I'm telling you, the interactive seat map, bro. It gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And that's super key. Obviously, being in the stadium, being part of the atmosphere, the vibes is are, are, are very necessary. Those all matter. But being able to sit and get that 360-degree view from your seat so you can know exactly what you're going to be looking at on game day, that matters so much. Whenever I go to a new stadium, I love I, I love going to different stadiums and experiencing different venues. I always type in that stadium and 3D seat view so I can get an idea of what my seat is going to look like. And Ticketmaster offers that for you. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus... They got the mobile tickets, which make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. That's right. Get it in red and gold. Go do that right now. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash 49ers. 
Um, you want to do prize picks? Yeah, let's do prize picks. Do we want to? Do we want to share the screen on this? I'm I'm salty about this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can you can if you want. I have it up on my phone. I had a I had two prize picks involving this game. My first one did not win at all. I went over three on it. I had Anthony Richardson more than 43 and a half rushing yards. He got hurt at 35 rushing yards. I had Matthew Stafford less than four and a half rushing yards. He had 12. I had Debo Samuel less than 12 and a half rushing yards. He had 24. I had Brock Purdy more than 234 and a half passing yards. He had 199. <laughs> Yikes. I should get something for going over four. <laughs> should you? <laughs> it's really hard to be yeah, that you inept. Should, you should you should get dragged on on YouTube. For Just this. an impressive amount of ineptitude. <laughs> but the one I gave out, the one I gave out on the show and on our on our Instagram reels was was a W. I had Christian McCaffrey more than sixty six and a half rushing yards. He had mm. ninety eight. I had Debo Samuel, as did you, more than fifty and a half receiving yards. He had fifty six. And then I had Tyler Higby less than 45 and a half receiving yards. Just snuck that one under at nine yards. Nice. So. Yeah, I on. had uh, I felt really like I, I said Kyron Williams would be their number one back. And he was apparently Cam Akers like broke some rules during the week and was mm-hmm. like inactive or something. But so my uh, oops, my um, my play on him. Uh, less than 32 and a half yards would have hit, but he's, he was a DNP. So it doesn't count. Um, hit Matthew Stafford on the over two twenty eight and a half. I mean, I just thought that was easy money. Like Niners defense is good, obviously, but Stafford throwing for three Oh seven, I think is, is about what I expected. Debo Samuel just always kills the Rams. Yeah. Um, so that 13, 13 yards more than, uh, was good. George Kittle. Hey, is George Kittle a glorified blocking tight end at this point? Are you putting George Kittle on washed watch? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to tell Come me? Come on, man. I just I thought I thought like late when they they had that third and long to seal it on the last possession right before or basically when Juwan Jennings was called for the crackback block on um, yeah. the Christian McCaffrey run. I was like, "Oh, they're going to go to George. This is this is uh this is going to be a George Kittle 10-yard special." Mm-hmm. I'm gonna run flow, maybe play action, something, get get him in space, get him to yeah. get the first down, and I'm gonna hit my overs or my more than's on George, and uh, it just just didn't happen. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. I had I had Travis Hunter in a prize picks last night, and that didn't go well for me. My man got lit up and hurt. So. Man, he was talking to, like talking a lot of mess before the game and being like, "They're all bark and no bite," blah blah blah, and then they like knock him out of the game. Yeah, it was a tough. That was a tough watch. Tough scene. Didn't love that. I hope hope he's good. I haven't. I haven't. Have you heard anything on? That? Guess he's out a few weeks. Okay, but he didn't like damage an organ or anything, did he? Not that I've heard. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways. So, Niners have a short week. They'll be back in the Bay Area Sunday night. I'm sure the coaches will probably be at the facility mm-hmm. all week, not go home and see their families to prepare for the Giants on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing the Niners are going to have one practice on Tuesday, and it'll probably be a walkthrough, uh, probably another walkthrough on Wednesday, rest and recovery day on Monday. Um, we'll dive into the Giants-Cardinals game, but 
What, what do you the think hell? <laughs> what what on earth happened in that Cardinals Giants game? Did the Cardinals like just go up big in the first half and then remember like no no guys we're we're tanking? They were I have up no 20, idea. They I'm... were up twenty to nothing and lost thirty one to twenty eight. I pretty rarely when I rewatch or when I watch a game that I missed. I in fact I'm not even gonna say pretty rarely. I never watch the TV copy. I watch the condensed game. And if there's something that I really want to nail down and dig deep on, I'll do the all 22, but that's pretty rare. I'm going to watch the full TV copy of that Giants Cardinals game. Yeah, I I need to know what the broadcasters thought of that turnaround. Dan Jones, 26 to 37, 320 yard, 21 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, nine runs, 59 yards and a tud. Just, yeah, I have Dan, no. Is I have Dan no, Dimes living up to that contract finally? Maybe. I don't know. Getting down twenty to nothing to the Cardinals is what some would call inexcusable. Yeah, <laughs> they scored thirty. They scored thirty-one second-half points. Yeah, that's really hard to do. They had five first downs in the first half. Man, good Cardinals. lord, man! The I have Cardinals. no. I have no idea what happened here. The Cardinals must be really bad. Dan Jones in the first half, nine of sixteen for sixty-two yards with a pick. Saquon Barkley, seven carries for twenty-four yards. Huh. Uh, I don't NFC, know, man. I can't wait to watch it. NFC West standings: Niners lead two and zero, obviously. Rams one and one. Seattle goes to Detroit. I thought after watching Week One, I was like, Seattle's bad. Like this Me is. Too. This is going to be a bad season. This might be like Pete Carroll's like final straw. Um, pretty impressive win for them. They did win an overtime game in Detroit, in which mm-hmm. they had a pick six, and they scored a touchdown off a fumble deep in the Lions' territory. Mm-hmm. So, not saying it's like fraudulent, but getting fourteen points off turnovers like that on the road, obviously, it's hard to lose when that happens. Yeah. Um. Did you see but, the sack? Did you see the sack Gino took at the end of the game? At I the end not. of regulation? They have a third and 18, I believe. In like fair enough, not not anywhere near the 50 or anything, but you know, good enough that a good punt would would pin the Lions deep. He takes a 17-yard sack to bring up like a fourth and 35. And then the Lions got the ball at like midfield. <laughs> It's a tough look for my guy, Gino. He's good today, though. 32 of 41, 328, two touchdowns, no picks. The big takeaway for me from today, including that Seahawks game with the Rams, is the Rams are legit. Like, I think the Rams are actually going to win like eight or nine games this year. Yeah, if Matt Stafford can stay healthy, they definitely, like I like I said earlier in the pod, I was, I was impressed with Sean McVay. Me too. I think, and I he's, think... he's really good schematically. I think he's less good like as a game manager Mm -hmm. in terms of like when to challenge and call timeouts and all those things but like Mm -hmm. schematically today i thought he was on point and he gave he gave a dramatically less talented roster a pretty good chance to compete with one of the best teams in the nfc i think that was one of the one of the things that just kind of happened as that game wore on is the niners are just better yeah they just they just had the dudes to make plays and the rams didn't well, yeah, the differences were like the the Niners 
the Niners got two takeaways and the and the Niners didn't turn the ball over. Right. You know, so the it was his play of the day was twenty. That's crazy. Say it again. The Rams' longest play of the day was 20 yards. Yeah. Like it was Stafford, just so much underneath, just taking eight, nine, 10 yards. Stafford threw 55 times and averaged 5.6 yards per attempt. From an efficiency <laughs> standpoint, that is horrendous. It's so bad. Like Brock Purdy averaged 8.2 yards per attempt. If you average 8.2 yards or like eight yards per attempt in the NFL, that's like a efficiency. That's like where you want to be. That's a good spot. Right. Really good number. If you're throwing 55 times and averaging 5.6 yards per attempt, it's not great. Really, really bad. Yeah. No, I thought the Niners were going to steamroll in this game, and the Rams are just better than I thought they were. Yeah, and they took advantage of Stafford's... I mean, Stafford's... It is The, the pick to Lenore was probably a bad decision. It didn't look like that was open there. Stafford's going to give you one of those great, a game, though. Yeah, he's going to give you one of those a game. Um... And the the first one that Oliver took when William Williams just batted the ball in the air, mm-hmm. um, that one obviously wasn't Stafford's fault. But like that's kind of a difference though. Like between like you say, you know, Matt Stafford will give you one of those a game. Like Jimmy, it always Jimmy Garoppolo. It felt like he would he would give mm-hmm. one or two of those types of throws to the defense away a game. Yep. Brock didn't play particularly well, but you don't worry about him throwing interceptions nearly as much. Yeah. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't even one I can recall today that was like a poor decision or a bad bad throw. I just think it was I, I there were bad throws, but I mean bad throws like into traffic or into coverage. So, I think he's good. No no picks or two games for him. Yeah. And if he's if he's not turning the ball over, uh this team's going to score 30 points a lot more than they don't. I think. And with their defense, they're going to be very tough to beat. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything I else? I don't think I have anything else. C plus B minus performance. Win thirty to twenty three on the road. You take it. I might have new takes after I rewatch it, but on first viewing, to have that type of game and still come out with a win on the road against a division opponent, yeah, you would have liked to have won by more, but it's better than losing that one. Yeah, we'll get we'll get the all twenty two going. Can't wait. We'll uh, turn turn the lights out in the lab and and grind on this a little bit. Oh, dude, it's gonna come be back with more takes. Biblical. All right, thanks everybody for listening and watching. If you've not subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you're in the video right now, go ahead and hit that little thumbs up like button. You don't have to do anything with it. It just helps us in the algorithm and helps us get up people's feeds and in front of more eyeballs, which is. Um, the goal so thanks everybody for doing that and subscribers help that as well so if you could subscribe to the channel that would be great if you subscribe to the pod and want to subscribe to the youtube channel thanks um if you've not subscribed to the pod please do so wherever you get your podcast and also rate and also review that'd be awesome well said we will see you guys later in the week uh appreciate you appreciate everyone watching on youtube and we'll talk to you Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.